Good morning. This is the blog for the 8th of April and our theme this week is hope. The personal and visible return of Jesus Christ to fulfill the purposes of God who will raise all people to judgment, bring eternal life to the redeemed and eternal condemnation to the lost and establish a new heaven and new earth. Will this wind be so mighty as to lay low the mountains of the earth? No, that's why we're up here on the mountain. Well, that wasn't the conflagration we were quite expecting. Right, oh, same time tomorrow, everyone. It must happen someday. So runs the script for a famous Beyond the Fringe sketch from the 1960s, which is almost also made famous by Rowan Atkinson in the 1980s. It's a brilliant piece of satire, if only for the raft of misunderstandings that it highlights about the end of the world. The first of which, of course, is that we have no idea when it will happen. There is no point in predicting it because Jesus didn't know. It is the Father's will when he will return. But one thing is certain, he will return. We say it in our liturgy, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Scripture records the first two and confirms the third. Jesus is coming back and the work of his victory on the cross will be completed. The, dis the disciples were told this from the beginning in Acts 1 verses 10 to 11. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This event took place immediately after the ascension when Jesus ascended to heaven in front of the disciples' eyes and they were left staring at the sky. Two men, angels, appear and tell them he will return. That return will be personal and visible. The Holy Spirit is the Ruach, the invisible God, the wind, the breath of God. He is the counsellor sent alongside until the end of the age. Jesus' presence with us until he comes again. But Jesus' return will be visible. Here are three ways we find it in the book of Revelation. Burning brilliance. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance, we find in Revelation 1. Also a lion and a lamb. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the centre of the throne. That from Revelation 4. Then finally, on a white horse. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. 
With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. From chapter 19. Now this is Palm Sunday weekend, the beginning of Holy Week. It is the epitome of Jesus' sacrificial love for us, agape, through which he silently submitted to injustice and death, so that we might be set free of sin and separation from God. It's the opposite of the picture of the warrior that the zealots believed would come as Messiah. He didn't come riding on a war horse, but on a donkey. But Palm Sunday is only part of the story. It is only one picture of the Son of God. The powers of darkness are ultimately defeated by his mighty arm. He is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He is not Jesus meek and mild. He is Lord, Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. God's own uh, proclamation of himself in Exodus 34, 6-7. You may have noticed that the last three blogs have referred to the end times. Death is defeated, the church becomes Jesus' bride, and now we look at the visible coming again of Jesus, which is essential to usher in the new creation. We need to read to the end of the Bible story to make sense of the here and now. Not pie in the sky until you die. The Jesus we live for and with now is the same one who we will worship forever who will come in mighty power to end the suffering and the pain, who will judge every person in history. All are judged. But that judgment can have one of two answers, saved or destroyed, in or out of the kingdom, eternal life or condemned to nothingness. And after judgment, those that remain will remain forever in the new creation. From 1 Peter 3. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks how, uh, to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. We began this journey of faith through Lent, identifying the need to be assured of the truth on which we stand and by which we are saved. Seven short articles can't cover it all, but I hope that we have covered some of the basics here. That by them, we, are all, we all might have a bit more reason for the hope that we have. The hope and faith may have been built a little stronger. The foundations underpinned. 
and that on these foundations the everlasting love of God that he pours into us may flow just a little more freely as we look forward to and beyond the three days that change the world forever. But let's not rush to the end too quickly either. Each step has its own significance. No less Good Friday. Tarry a while in the confusion of the disciples and the utter contempt shown by the actors (coughs) around the Saviour. For those who would have the troublesome rabbi deposed and disposed of, for the crowds who move from Hosanna to crucify within five short days, for the Romans who didn't know what to make of this person that seemed to offend his own, but about which there was something remarkable, maybe truly he was the Son of God. Feel the depth of loss of those who loved him, Don't dismiss the sorrow and pain and sacrifice of the Friday events by jumping too swiftly into the joy of Sunday. Wallow a little in the despair of Saturday to amplify the surprising joy of Sunday. This is no cheap grace, but a costly, merciful, selfless giving born of love that we can only receive not emulate. Let yourselves be shocked by the story afresh so that you can be lifted higher by the results. And go into the world armed with that fresh anointing of the knowledge of the grace you receive just because of who he is. I am God and God his love. One sovereign creator God, authoritative scripture, humanity dignified but fallen, a human son of God, cross and resurrection, justification by grace, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the church as body, a new creation by return. This we believe. Amen.